Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton with Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Now, on today's show, we're featuring a very special and unique conversation. We're going to be talking all about digital content creation, and we're going to be learning from two of the best pros out there doing it today. So, as you all know, the ability to create quality, compelling, effective content is no longer just a Hollywood thing, right? The global business world has become quite the content factor in recent years, and we're going to be sharing perspective, best practices, expertise here today that will be helpful as you create your own content in 2023 to better reach and engage prospects, customers, and really the market in general. So stay tuned for a great show here today. But hey, before we bring on our outstanding guests, I want to make one quick programming note along these same lines. So our Supply Chain Now team invites you to join us along with a couple of other digital content creation pros from SAP and IBM for a live webinar on March 21st, where we're going to be offering five tips for creating effective digital content. Same thing we're talking about here today. So Greg White and I look forward to uh, hosting Ursula Ringham and Brandy Boatner for what promises to be a wonderful live event. We've got the link to join right there in the chat. Okay, well, I am uh, really stoked about the conversation that we have here today. Beyond what we hear from our guests, make sure you drop your thoughts in the cheap seats, as it were, up in the comments. We'll share those with our guests, and we've got the next hour teed up for a great conversation. So I want to bring in our featured guest here today, Jason Hoke, President Podcast at Imperative Entertainment, and Sean Kite, host, writer, producer of the award-winning In the Red Clay and Fox Hunter Podcasts. Hey, hey, Jason, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Great to see you once again. And Sean Kipe, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me in here. You bet. Hey, we've really enjoyed some of our pre-show conversations. Uh, I've been, of course, tracking y'all down from afar, all the cool projects and really the stories and the compelling content y'all been creating for years now. So thanks so much to you both, Jason and Sean, for carving some time out there to speak to our global, our global fam here at Supply Chain Now. So, are y'all ready for what we call a little fun warm-up question here? Let's do it. All right. So we love our music around here. We love our sports around here. And I'm a big old history nerd. So where all those things intersect, on February 3rd, 2008, one of my faves, all-time faves, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers performed at halftime of the Super Bowl. I can't believe that's 15 years ago. So with that said, and Jason, I'm going to start with you. What is one of your favorite all-time Super Bowl performances? So it, it kind of surprised me, but just thinking back to someone I didn't really follow and pretty blown away when I saw, it was Bruno Mars in 2014. And the energy and the passion behind that performance was really great. And then the next year, I have to do this on purpose. I can't get away not saying this. Katy Perry the next year is widely thought to be one of the best performances she did a podcast with us this, uh, last year, so I have to include her because she deserves it on her own, but it was really good, too. 
So very different choices for sure, but equally good in their own right. Completely agree. And we'll, and we'll, maybe we'll touch on that Katy Perry collab that you had, Jason. Sean, I'm bringing you in. Now you are beyond how we teed you up, award-winning content creator. You're uh, one heck of a musician that I think plays a variety of instruments. So I'm really curious to hear your pick here. <laughs> Mine's kind of a tie, I think, between, and I love Tom Petty too, but you already went with that one. So I'd have to say Michael Jackson, of course, just because, you know, what a show he does anytime he performed. But between him and Prince, you know, doing Purple Rain, In the Rain, I think that's probably looked at again as, as was one of the best Super Bowl halftime performances. Man, absolutely. And you know, we were talking pre-show, so y'all y'all picked some big winners. And by the way, Amanda, big thanks to Amanda and Catherine behind the scenes helping make production happen. Amanda says, love Bruno Mars, Lady Gaga, that was a good performance. Prince, as Sean mentioned in 2007, and obviously Dr. Dre and Snoop last year. Man, that was quite a, a medley of performances. And Catherine's holding down the fort for us on YouTube. Happy Friday to you as well, Catherine. One last thing. We're going to move into learning more about you both, but the, the Star Spangled Banner by Whitney Houston back in the early uh, 1990s. Man, that's one of my all-time favorite performances. And as Jason and I remember, remembered pre-show, on the other side of the coin, Carl Lewis, it wasn't Super Bowl, but Carl Lewis, Jason, attempted to sing the Star Spangled Banner at an NBA game, I think, once. And we got, I think the world got a good chuckle out of right? Yeah, that's when, that's when you say bless his heart. That's just one of those things you say when you, and, and you know, you see the guys on the sideline just trying to cover their mouth and <laughs> trying his best. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And hey, I'm not throwing stuff. I'd be the same way. I, that's why I don't sing in front of folks. But hey, Shelly is also a big fan of Prince and that Purple Rain in the Rain. Shelly, great to have you back. Always enjoy your perspective during our streams. Okay. So I bet we could talk music for quite some time, but I really I'm looking forward to picking both of your brain and getting your expertise and sharing that with our global community here at Supply Chain Now. Because as I mentioned, content creation and effective content creation, it's really universal these days, right? In terms of the value of communicating messages and stories. So Jason, we're going to get to know both of you a little better. I am just honored to have you part of our journey here as one of our formal advisors. We learned so much from what you do. And, you know, you're humble, but you're quite a dynamo. You've worked on the executive team at the legendary How Stuff Works, then went on to lead a variety of initiatives, including producing and creating several bona fide number one Apple podcast hits like Atlanta Monster and Monster of the Zodiac Killer. And that's just a tip, tip, tip of the iceberg. So tell us more about yourself, Jason. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be one of those Gen Xers that kind of has grown up with digital and the internet and, and don't know any other way. And... I've always kind of focused my career around media in the internet space with a little bit of tech and telling and finding stories all over the country is, uh, is pretty amazing. I really have the best job in the world. Uh, if you even want to call it a job, right. to be able to go and just find people. I tell this story often. When we were producing Boomtown, which is the uh, the podcast we did a couple of years back with Texas Monthly, I'm out in the oil fields with Christian Wallace, who is uh, was the writer and host, but also you know a former wildcatter who worked in the fields. Wow! And you see the big towers with the flames shooting off the top. You can't believe it's actually happening. 
And the Permian Basin, where all this oil is being dug up and how that is a critical resource in the world, but that region in America, in America, is probably one of the most important areas of our country, if not the world. And what I realized is I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about this region, about what was really happening. And I also did, didn't know anything about the people that live there. And so through Christian and through kind of everything that we did, something snapped in me that day in 106 degree heat in the middle of Texas. And I, it just, it crystallized the fact that I, I realized that the kind of stories I wanted to tell were not the kind of comfortable ones that where you're sitting behind the mic all the time. It's where you're going out to different parts of our country or the world. You're finding those areas. You're transporting listeners to those regions, taking their, them there with, uh, and then you're getting to know people you wouldn't normally otherwise meet. And so yeah. audio in particular can be this wonderful transportation mechanism. Uh, but in order to do that, you've got to put in the hard work. You've got to get on the airplanes. You've got to go in the 106 degree temperatures. And looking up now through my time at Imperative, I've done like 23 of these. And wow. These series. And Sean and I have spent many a day in 90 or 100 degree heat next to the Mulberry River with metal detectors and shovels and <laughs> all that stuff. And we were kind of miserable at the time. But I think what we hear from the audience is, wow, that's really cool. I can't believe you did that. That's why we do what we do. Man, I love how you put it out there. And, I'm, and Sean, I'm coming to you next in just a second. I want to give a quick shout out. Hey, T-Squared, great to have you back holding down the Fort Force at YouTube. He says, this Gen Xer can appreciate. Hey, this Gen Xer can also appreciate what you're <laughs> sharing, Jason. Karen, great to see you here today. And Amanda is also a big fan. Lena Munster, she says, is amazing. If anyone hasn't listened, you can check it out there. Thank you for sharing that. And Gino, great to have you along for the ride once again. Looking forward to your perspective. Okay, so Sean, Jason kind of teed it up there nicely because literally millions of people around the world have enjoyed your highly successful podcast hits in the red clay and Fox Hunter to name a couple, probably tell us more about your background. My background primarily comes from music. I have been in entertainment for the past 20 years in one form or fashion, but music is where I got my start professionally. And uh, I was a recording artist in some bands that you may have heard of. You may not have most people recognize the calling and the song, wherever you will go, which was the number one song of the decade, 2000 to 2010. And so that's, that's my background performing and touring and traveling over the, across the world, doing that stuff. And it's very, it's very different than what I do now, but it's all still content creation. And of course I started in an age that was not digital, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, and, and I can remember when MySpace first started and, and Facebook and these things that gave you a new avenue to share your art or whatever it is you're creating with people that you wouldn't normally have access to. Mm. So it's incredibly important, but I remember that time that was before that. <laughs> and it was like, if you wanted somebody to hear your stuff, you, you had to get them to a show or to whatever it is you're doing, or you had to go to them. Now upload, press a button and it's available for the world instantaneously. And that's an amazing thing that's really changed everything. Man, completely agree. And it's wonderful on the consumer of that content side, right? Cause you've got all that, those stories and information and ideas at your fingertips, but it's also very 
a democratic element to it for content creators out there because it's a very low barrier to entry, which I, we love as well, right? Depending on who you talk to, three million podcasts out there and growing. And that's a great thing about this world we live in now. And, you know, y'all both are so, you approach all that you've done and the accolades and the recognition. And both of you so largely focus on the craft itself. And I, I really, really appreciate that. All right. So speaking of the craft and Sean, I'm going to stay with you here as we kind of our, our core question here is we try to offer up tips for folks, regardless wherever they are in their journey of creating digital content. What are some good best practices? So Sean, we'll start with you. What's one tip that you'd like to offer our audience here? As far as creating content? Yeah. Find a way to connect with your audience. Whatever that audience is, you have to, in my opinion, find a way to connect with them on as many levels as you can. And certainly for my projects or for music, music is a little different, but the podcast, you just have to, you have to find a way. There's so much content, as you mentioned out there, there's access to so much. The attention span of people is shorter than it ever has been in human history. And it just is. There's so much out there that you have access to instantaneously. You have to find a way to connect with people emotionally, if possible. And I think that's one thing, I guess, that I've done well. Well, clearly you have. I mean, you, you got folks showing up here, your first time ever with us, and you got fans following you. I mean, clearly you've established that connection with the folks that have consumed your your products and stories and uh, projects. So uh, you're living, you're, you're, it's not lip service, right? You're practicing what you preach. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, I think along with that, you have to do a project that you care about. To me, at least in this line of work, you have to care about what it is you're doing. Hmm. Uh, and I think pe when you do, people can see that. And, and I think that makes it easier for them to become involved in it and to share it and talk about it and think about it. So, yeah, well said, Sean. Jason, I'll get you to comment before we get, we're going to cover probably three or four of these tips. And before you share any, I'd love to get you to comment on what we heard there from Sean. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, you can't really fake the heart and soul of something. We can all, and we'll see many examples of the kind of content factory churning where you see a lot out there. You've mentioned 3 million podcasts, but you know, name 10 for me that stick with you. And part of what we try to do is create memorable experiences. That memorable, something that sticks with you to me is more important than anything else. And like Sean said, it's an emotional connection, but people need to know that you put everything out there. And for me, that's just, that's the heart and soul of what we do. Yeah. Well said there. All right. So Sean has shared, you got to connect with the audience, right? And clearly it resonates. He also said, you, you've got to care about the content you're creating, right? Because everybody can tell when you're mailing anything in. And that's whether you're creating content, building good old PowerPoint. I mean, back in the old days, you can tell when folks are just plugged out and just going through the motions. Jason, what's one of your first tips here for creating good content? So I think... It's letting, like, this is going to sound a little strange, but letting go of fear is a really important part of kind of crossing the bridge to having those conversations with people and sitting back and actually, so I've had to make some tough calls before. I know Sean has too. have some uncomfortable conversations. Not everyone that we talk to is a hundred percent an angel. They've had their own kind of controversial things that they've gone through in their life. And it's sometimes it's really hard to pick up the phone and have an uncomfortable, comfortable conversation or be 
in front of someone knowing that the answer may not go the way you think it goes mm. or it might go. And I just, I've, it's a learned thing that I've had to embrace myself over the years is letting go of that fear of what if someone doesn't like me or what if this isn't good enough or should I even start this and just doing it. The, I think we're all content creators and it comes with a couple different angles here. One is it's pretty frictionless. So I can get a TikTok or an Instagram or anything. I can pretty much do that on my phone by myself, but I think, or a podcast, right? But I think the good ones pay attention to them, that emotion, that realness, that conversation. But I think the audience also realizes that there's a lot of work that's done behind the scenes, preparation, research, people put themselves in your shoes and they start to understand what you've done. And, and so letting go of fear and anxiety when you're going to have those conversations is extremely difficult. Just like getting started sometimes. It's all really hard. This isn't, even though we're living in this world where it's kind of easy to just push record, to do it right and to do it well, just takes it just takes something else emotionally that it's just not easy. And yeah. it's just the way it is. I'm going to share all of that with my three kids because I think get, letting go of the fear is one of the biggest challenges that holds so many people back, right? I know it's held me back at various times in my journey. And the other thing that, that and Sean, I'll get your take here on what Jason just shared. One of the things that comes to my mind is, Jason, you were sharing that, is the man in the arena, right? I think I've got that title right by Theodore Roosevelt. I think wrote that part of a speech or something. And I think when I think of that, it's not just about the content creator, but I think all of us, whether they're colleagues or fellow content creators or just members of the audience, man, understanding, even if you're not going to give too much of uh, too much love for somebody because you maybe don't like whatever they're doing, and just understanding and empathizing with how tough it is to put yourself out there at various times. So, Sean, talk to us about what we just heard there from Jason about you know letting go of the fear. That's a big thing. I mean, I could just echo really his thoughts on that. And we've had this conversation. And I think when you talk about digital content, you put it out there. How do you know it's connecting with people? You read comments and reviews and ratings. And while I love that stuff, it's all, it's a double-edged sword because you could have 500 reviews that say, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever heard or seen. And you could have one that is, this guy is terrible. And that one is, the one is going to be the one that sticks with you if you let it. And I think that along with that fear, you, you've got to realize that no matter what it is, no matter who you are, you cannot and will not please everyone. And there are people that think the Beatles are terrible. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think anything you're creating, you just have to accept that there's that margin of people who are going to think what you're doing is terrible. Yes. Don't create content for those people. Create it for the people who love what you're doing and support what you're doing. And that goes a long way for your mental health and your, you know, your overall, just how you feel and that, because it can affect negatively affect the, the content you create. If you let that stuff get to your head. Beautifully said, man, beautifully said. All right. So I want to share a couple of quick comments along these lines. Karen. Yes. Being unapologetically, authentically you. Yes, absolute Karen. Hope this finds you well. Great to see you here. Always enjoy your contributions to our shows. 
And Brandy, Brandy hails from Temple, Texas. And I love this next comment because it reminds me of Johnny Ca uh, Cash song. I've been everywhere, man. Now, I'm not sure if Johnny Cash, and I'm not going to sing any more of that. I'm not sure if Johnny Cash might mention Temple in that song. But Brandy, uh, welcome in. And I bet Temple, Texas is a wonderful town. Finally, before we move to our next tip, Amanda, I'm not going to share it because it's a really long quote, but thank you for pulling that. The man in the arena, I'll just quote a little bit of this. Quote, it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better, end quote. Y'all check that out. There's a lot of inspiration you can draw from the man in the arena. And of course, it applies to everybody. All right. So now that we've gotten our first two tips, Sean, I'm going to circle back to you. What's your second tip for folks out there trying to develop content that matters, content that really engages and, and is effective? It's probably touches on something Jason mentioned earlier in a way, but I think personally investing, and you could draw the parallel that this is also care about what you do, but personally investing, Jason mentioned, you've got to be willing to sometimes get on the airplane or stand in the heat. I agree with that. And I think that separates a project that is just created to create a project versus something that you want to be and will be hopefully impactful on different levels with people. Because at the end of the day, when you walk out of the movie theater, what defines a good movie? You had a good time or you didn't? What defines a movie that is really good, like Oscar worthy? It's when you walk away talking about it and discussing, God, if I was in that situation, what would I do? You know, how would I have? To me, that's what we're trying to do. Create something that you don't just listen and go, okay, what's next? It, you, you want to talk about it. You want to discuss it with your, you know, we have people that say, yeah, we were, your podcast was the topic of discussion at our Thanksgiving table. That, that has affected people and that that's the goal. So I, I think, again, I just kind of echo what he said, but being personally invested in what you're doing. Yep. Jason, I'd love to get your comments here on what Sean was just saying. Yeah, that's it. People sob when they listen to some of these podcasts because they are connected and it's not an easy thing to, uh, to pull off and fake, frankly. I want to speak on, before I, I circle back to Jason and get the final, the fourth and final tip here today for content creation, I want to touch on something that, that Sean mentioned earlier. It goes without saying that the pandemic, the lockdowns, all that we've gone through together globally for the last two or three years, as much as I, and, and, and this is just what I am submitting to you, I'd love to get both of y'all's take. As much as that has enabled and technology is as leaped and bound and as, as everyone's working from a home studio these days, it feels like there's lots of, of tailwinds for creating content. But to your point about your mental health, Sean, the criticism, there, there, there's a lot, there's still a lot of hurt and pain out there. And sometimes that comes out in how folks re react and respond to content. And man, Sean, like you said, you can have a thousand positive comments, but that one mean, vindictive comment from someone that just maybe is coming from a bad spot, man, that just creates more hurt. And sometimes it can fuel you. But I'd love for y'all to kind of comment on that. Jason, comment on, on you know, last couple of years and and how folks, the mental health aspect here. Well, it, so what's interesting is another thing that's changed significantly over the years is we used to turn on the TV to watch Siskel and Ebert give us a review of the movie. And now we've got Rotten Tomatoes and other formats, which is everyone's a movie critic. Everyone's a critic in general. We've got right. comments and ratings and stars on every platform. And no offense to the, the 
the reviewers, but they act like they're Siskel and Ebert sometimes. And they don't realize when you say things like, this host is terrible. This story is boring. You don't know what you're doing. I always say, it's okay if you don't like something. Just don't be a jerk about it. And I think we've given ourselves license as the unofficial critics of everything to hate everything. And I think it really is a divide of like 50% of people love something and the other 50% of people hate it. And I tune into a lot of, you know, the HBO Sunday night series that are so wonderful. And then I spend Monday and Tuesday looking at all these articles from journalists doing all their version of hand wringing of like, why this was bad or how this broke canon or right. ripping um, it apart, how this, was, how this was terrible. And I just think we need to relax a little bit and appreciate this stuff for what it is, which is people are really working hard to create really great stuff. Just enjoy it for what it is. And if you don't like it, just move on because there's 2,999,000 other <laughs> podcasts you can listen to. And we got our fans and they love us. So what can I say? Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, and trying to get your take here, but I want to share this from Darla. Darla, great to see you here via LinkedIn. Thank you. I was just creating content and came upon this live stream. Hey, you're going to get some great inspiration from Jason and Sean here. So Darla, great to have you. And T-Squared says he's smelling, looking inward and investing in our renovating and personal investment. I'm sorry I got that wrong. Hey, that reflection is so powerful. T-Squared, I know that's not the word you use. That's kind of what it hit me. Man, pausing production for a second and reflecting on what you're doing. That's where I've made some of my biggest gains. Sean, talk about kind of this in, this arena we're all in, whether we like it or not, when it comes to creating content. And I'm, then I'm going to get Jason's last tip. We live in the age of internet trolls, which is is really something that obviously with as the internet has grown and, and expanded, it's something that is relatively new for the human experience. Everybody's, I think people have always been opinionated. I have. But now they have a format. Now they have an arena to voice that every little thought. And it's kind of like that. You know, I, I don't know. My, my dad told me one time when I was younger, it was like, you don't need to say everything that comes into your head. Sometimes you can just keep it to yourself. And now you have this arena where people can, it's so easy. Oh, I hate you. You're, you're whatever you do is terrible. And there's no reason. And it's probably not even that they hate what you're doing or that they really you know, I think the other aspect of this is that it's sad to say this, the way society is now, there, there is just a percentage of the society that does not like to see something be successful. Game of Thrones is a good example. Oh, man. It's so wildly successful and it's obviously well done. You can have somebody who's never even watched it. It's not like I've watched this entire series and I don't like it and here's why. It's that's not for me. It's terrible. I have no interest in it. And and everyone keeps talking. And I'm using this as an arbitrary example, but sure, you know, people, it, it's almost sort of like, oh God, people have talked about this so much. I'm going to be the anti this. You just kind of, that's all you can do. <laughs> you know, what do you, you know what I mean? Oh, well, Sean, we haven't talked about this, but Amanda and I are big fans of Game of Thrones. We're actually in the middle of rewatching it, I think, for the second or third time. It's been the storytelling on multiple levels is so interesting. But going back to your point, what both of you are saying, it would do uh, the democratic element that we were lauding earlier, right? And celebrating 
it's there on the review side and the consumption side. And we still love it, but to all of the folks, and we're all critics, man, just know that those are humans making that content and that they get, it's a good thing that they get your feedback, but man, that can have a big impact. Good, a big impact. As Shelly says, I love a good debate and discussion, but the trolls just insult complete lack of facts. Amanda says people will complain about anything. The National Park Yelp reviews are proof. <laughs> Hilarious, she says, if you hadn't read them. All right. So, and, and one last thing, and Jason, I promise, come to you next for the fourth and final tip. Greg White, who's not with us today, he's my partner in crime. He likes to say, yes, there are things that need to be said, and then there's some things that you have to say. And there's a big difference between those two things. So love that, that comment there, Sean. All right, so Jason. So much going on here. I really appreciate y'all's expertise, being able to kind of peer into your minds, two folks that are making it happen and putting stuff out, creating things that resonates with so many globally. What's your final tip for folks creating content? This is a good one. I think listening is so key to everything that we do. And that may sound very, very simplistic. And what I mean by that is, again, going out and talking to people out in the field. Most people have never been on camera before. They don't know what it's like. They've probably never been interviewed for a podcast. You know, we're not kind of out there to get something from them. We're really there to hear their stories. And this is not a race or some game. It is someone's life. And so when any of us show up to do these interviews, good, bad, challenging, uncomfortable, whatever, just as the producer or creator or interviewer, You've got to take yourself kind of out of this situation and do listening and step back. And I've learned something, and this is not a trick, but it is something, it's an observation. When you get people on camera, they get really uncomfortable because they're, they don't know where's this going? How do I look? What camera am I looking at? And they kind of clam up a little bit because it's kind of over before it started. With audio, what's so fascinating to me, you just got this little like lapel mic or maybe a microphone in the middle of the room. And after about 15 minutes of conversation, people forget that they're even mic'd up. And you see this relaxation that happens. And if you are able to control yourself and do this listening and ask the right questions and ask people questions that maybe they've never been asked about ever, they will probably tell you everything about their life if you let them. We live in this world where we're kind of all narcissistic as content creators and it's all about me. And yeah, look at, especially, no, I'm not gonna say it's all. (laughs) But seriously, people aren't asked questions about themselves kind of ever. And when they're, and even the ones, I get this comment a lot, Thank you for this question. No one's ever asked me that before. Hmm. And they just let go. And some of that is completely unplanned on their part. They're guarded at the beginning. But if you give someone the opportunity, whatever that is, they're trying to find penance in their life or they're, they're, they're ready to tell. It's incredible if you let them tell that story and you give them that freedom and you ask them that question that no one is going to ask them because we're living in this world where we're kind of so self-focused. When I get that asked of me, 
is mind-blowing. And so just think about people that are asked a question that have gone through some pain. And it's just something I've learned over the years. And it's, it's incredibly shocking. I mean, I, I spent 18 months kind of embedded with a former KGB agent. He was the number one espionage target of the CIA. He lived undercover here for 10 years. And he lived not far from me, probably 35, 40 minutes. And I would drive out, you know, kind of early mornings of once a week for a long time. And I adore him and we got to know each other. I mean, he's the master of keeping secrets of, of anyone. And this trusting relationship developed over time. And he started telling me things that he had never told anyone uh, on an emotional level. And it was kind of the thing that made the whole story work. It's something that didn't come out right away, but he was ready to have that conversation. And I think that I appreciated it and I now appreciate our friendship. Um, and Sean, you've got similar stories with many characters here. You do develop bonds yep, because you're listening to people. So anyway, long-winded answer, but I think you get where I'm going. Uh, absolutely. And, and that was the agent, I think, was a series yeah. that Jason just described. Maybe we could drop that link in the chat. And I think at the main thrust, Jason, you're sharing there is to seek out those opportunities to, to ask people the questions. And especially, you didn't say this, but I'll say it. I love what you and Sean have done. You're not going to the usual suspects. You're finding those unique stories and, and putting the microphone of people in front of people that haven't enjoyed that opportunity and haven't had their stories amplified. And I love the uniqueness of that. Let me actually, yeah. if you don't mind, like, please, uh, this is kind of pointed towards Sean, but you know, the story that Dixie Mafia and in the red clay, it's been there for 50 years. No one does, no one actually did the work to actually discover the fact that this was a really incredible family and personal story. Here in Georgia, we like to bury our past, just like Atlanta Monster, right? Some really bad stuff happened, but you've got to do the work to be able to go and go deep. These stories are everywhere if you do the work. And if we don't put in the work, then these stories will remain buried forever. That's just the way it is. Well, and let's get Sean. I'd love for you to comment on what you, we've heard from Jason and including his comments there on your podcast. What he says about trust is that's, I think, how I've gotten all my projects made. And I think it applies to not just podcasts or content creation. I think it applies to everything that you do, certainly in business. I mean, I, I think building a bond with someone, they are going to open up to you. And, and just you have to create that trust, especially if you're going to ask them you know, about the hardest parts of their life or the most difficult or most private parts of their life's story. But again, I think it also that apply, you know, that can apply to anything across the board. If you are, you have a client and, and they're going to put their trust in you to create advertising, well, whatever it is, you've got to have that trust. So that's a really, for me, I think that's the most important thing. And, and oftentimes, Again, as Jason said, you get into a room, you put a microphone on somebody or a camera, it's uncomfortable for them. For most average people, I will spend 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour just chatting. You know, you put it, put the microphone on and, and we're just get them comfortable with it. And by the time you're actually have started your interview, and for me, an interview is just a conversation. That's how I do my, my things. But by the time that happens, they're already comfortable with you and they open up. 
And with that trust, to your point on the front end of your response there, you can truly move mountains. And look, get this, what uh, Karen is sharing about what you and Jason, you and uh, Sean are talking about, Jason, a story archaeologist. I love it. Listening and carrying all great messages. I love, Karen, uh, Karen's a quick study on what you were talking about, digging those things up, Jason. I love that. Okay, man, I really am feeling in my heart what y'all are sharing here, Jason and Sean. And I love all the comments we're getting. In fact, I'm going to share one more before I, uh, we start to kind of wind the interview down. Brandy says, let your personality shine, causing relatability and trust to conversate and engage, especially in this virtual world we're still in. The inability to read and feel body language and vibes, you've got to go the extra mile to really create a business relationship. Now, she says, and Brandy says she's not a great verbal communicator. I would tend to disagree, but she's got to rely heavily on those things. Good stuff there, Brandy from the pride of Temple, Texas. Okay, so we've talked about things to do. Jason, I'll circle back around to you. What's one thing that for folks out there, regardless where they are, if they're putting out you know, Fortune 100 content, they've been there and done that, or they're just getting started, what's one thing they've got to avoid doing? So it's a little bit of a tricky one, but I would just say don't rush things. These projects can take time. You're not gonna write a book overnight, so why would you do it with anything else? The kind of the double-edged sword here is that if you're trying to be a perfectionist, you may never launch it. So it's I think there's a lot of detail work that makes content great, and just trying to do more that again is less memorable for the purpose of doing more. I think is the wrong goal. Stuff takes time, and I just believe. Preparation is everything. So if you're mm -hmm. not prepared, if you're going only halfway, and that includes not only your research, preparation, and kind of architecture of the story you want to tell, it's also just paying attention to the equipment you have. You don't actually have to spend a lot of money to, to be, you know, kind of in the field doing this stuff. You've got a recorder, you've got some microphones, but if you're going to do it, Spend a little bit of time making sure you get good audio and, and <laughs> if it doesn't work, do it over because you may only have one shot. So it's like, my tip is just don't screw it up by going too fast. Just slow it down and get it right. So mm. we're, it's like, I know we're living in this hyper news and information age. I'll share something here, which is. When we did podcasts at How Stuff Works, originally one of the biggest shows ever in podcasts is called Stuff You Should Know. And our kind of thesis around that audio podcast many years ago was around short attention spans, that no one has time for everything. So the initial episodes that we published in, what, 2012 or something like that, even before that, were like three to five minutes long. And people wrote in and they begged us to go deeper you know, to go longer in these episodes. And they kind of became what they are today, which is 35, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, which is shocking in a world where everything is moving so quickly. Isn't it though? Yeah. People want that escape and they will invest time with you if you've done the investment on your end to tell a great story because they actually need that escape. So it was really counter to what we thought. That's always stuck with me is that little bit done quickly isn't necessarily even what people want anymore man jason i absolutely agree with you i'm one of the biggest consumers of longer form content especially on youtube 
whether I'm taking a cat nap and I kind of want something you know, to, to preoccupy my brain or whatever it is, driving. So good stuff there, Jason. And by the way, John, hey, John, great to see you again. Three times this week, I believe. Stuff You Should Know, great podcast. John's one of many fans, including myself, of that good work. All right, Sean, we were talking about stuff you shouldn't do. And Jason's, one of his main thrusts there was, hey, you don't have to move fast. Quality over quantity. Slow down and get the big and small things right. Sean, what's one thing that folks should not do? Well, Jason says that, but he's also the one who me dead, Lawrence. So I think this, this is something, and I don't know that it necessarily applies to every everyone, but I, I learned this the hard way. And that is, there are so many different social media outlets. You have TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Inst- you know, all, all these things. Pick one and make that your way to to communicate with people and for people to communicate with you one or two because all of my following now is spread across there's four different facebook accounts the mistake i made was making a separate account on instagram and and facebook for in the red clay and then one for fox hunter and then and so you have all these followers but you have to it just takes so much more work which takes more time and everything's sharing and the, have an outlet where, and also for people to find you, it's much easier for people just to type in your name or your project, or your company, and that's it. There's not four different ones or so that that's the biggest thing because getting your content shared and, and getting downloads or followers or whatever it is, you want it to be as easy for people as possible. And things I wish I knew, stuff I should have known, or, um, that'll be my next there you yes, go. <laughs> but, but yeah, just have one place. Yep. Sean, that's great. You and Jason, ac- excellent uh, tips here today, both on what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And Nerf, Nerf is challenging, is uh, channeling rather what you just said there, Sean. He says, I think I will start a podcast called Stuff You Shouldn't Know. <laughs> Nerf, great to have you here. Okay. So for the sake of time, and Jason and Sean both have a really hard stop here. The final two questions, I'm going to morph into one. And Jason, we'll circle back with you. And I'd love to make sure you tell folks how folks can connect with you, Jason. But while you do that, what's one current or upcoming project you're really stoked about? So two-part question here. Yes, part one, you can find me on LinkedIn. We'll drop a link in the comments. You can just look me up on LinkedIn. It's it's an easy, easy thing to do. I tend to kind of write some things, not just post my own stuff sometimes. So you can check me out there. Thanks for that. You know, part of the vision of these podcasts was always kind of beyond the podcast and making TV series and feature films and documentaries out of those podcasts. And we get that comment a lot from listeners. Oh my God, this could be a movie or a TV show or whatever. And it, even though you do the podcast, it takes us still takes a long time to make it into a TV show. And I mentioned Boomtown early in the podcast. It's going to be a series hopefully later this year, called Landman from Taylor Sheridan on Paramount Plus and uh, starring Billy Bob Thornton as the main oil man, and he's also co-writing it. And it's been a long journey to get here, so I kind of can't stand waiting anymore, but (laughs) these things take time and just, well, what a compliment to have that podcast and what we talked about earlier about going to places People are going to actually be able to go there with us in a TV series now. And that is just mind-blowing to me. So I'm excited about that as something uh, upcoming for this year. 
Jason, I'm blown away. I am blown away with that. That's got to be one of the ultimate rewards to have something you create and build and tell that story on the podcast. I don't know what they call the podcast, the silver speaker, maybe instead of the silver screen, folks to take that and then turn it into a movie or a TV show being led by some of the most brilliant minds of our, of this day. So congratulations. We'll all celebrate as Catherine says, can't wait to watch it. Karen says, congratulations. And folks, we dropped Jason's link to his LinkedIn there. So y'all check him out. Okay. So Sean, same question. How can folks connect with you and what you've got lots of cool stuff coming up. What's one thing that you're stoked about? You can connect with me on the 45 different social media. Now just Instagram and Facebook really, or Twitter, any, any of that stuff, but at Sean Kipe. And uh, <laughs> Jason obviously is aware of this, but in the red clay is being developed for a TV series. So that's something again, that's been a couple of years. I am so excited about that, that I can't even, I can't even, I'm waiting. I've been waiting for this. We've been working so hard and had so mm. much behind the scenes interest and so many people wanting to do it. Now, I think we found the team that we're happy with. And uh, I think that story continue on the screen and uh, <laughs> hoping, hoping for big things from that. Well, undoubtedly, I'm very confident. I, I've got my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, but I've got lots of confidence. It's amazing what y'all have done just thus far. And I bet both of y'all say with regularity, we're still just getting started. So congratulations on all of y'all's success. As humble as you are and approachable, I've had the good fortune of knowing Jason for a couple of years now, and he's really given a lot for our team here. Sean, great to meet you. And y'all are like cut from the same cloth. So I really appreciate your humility and your willingness to, you know, put the hand down in that proverbial, you know, you know folks coming up the ladder. So it really, it, it makes the world a better place. So big thanks to uh, Jason Hoke. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. And big thanks to Sean Kipe as well. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks, man. All right, folks. Man, what an outstanding conversation. Thanks so much for joining. Big thanks to Jason and Sean for taking the time to share. But folks, whatever you do, whether it's in the content creation industry, if it's in global supply chain, it's in manufacturing, tech, whatever it is, it's about deeds, not words, right? These folks are, are uh, sharing with you a lot about their actions that have led to success and led the enjoyment for many other folks related to their projects. These not words, we're all sick and tired of lip service leadership, right? So on behalf of our entire Supply Chain Now team, Scott Luton challenged you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Thank you.